guess we're in the holidays by now. That's what advertising tells us anyway. Another holiday benchmark is the annual visit to Portland by John Waters. This year, his one-man show is called John Waters, Filthier and Merrier. They also add, it'll stuff your turkey. He'll be at the Aladdin Theater on Friday, December 6th, where we are told he will answer the following questions. Are stolen Christmas presents more special than bought ones? Is Mrs. Claus a feeder or a chubby chaser? Is Santa a gainer, an erotic bear, or a silver fox? Can you have Christmas sex inside a chimney? And are the reindeers paid minimum wage? <laughs> Once again, I talked with John about this year's show. John and I are contemporaries around the same age, both born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm proud to say and have bragged and name-dropped about for years that I wrote the first review of Pink Flamingos and was blessed by being asked to be in the legendary Who Wants to Die for Art scene in Female Trouble. I was there when Divine bounced on that trampoline, waving a gun. Divine did not shoot me, I'm sorry to say. John is still one of the funniest people on Earth. When I talked with him a couple of weeks ago over a very rough phone line, he was at the end of a full day of 15-minute interviews. When I talk with John for one of these things, we tend to stray off topic and talk about Baltimore things, so shoot me. I apologize for not having perfect audio, but we couldn't Skype it. I'll jump right in. What are you going to do? And I rewrite it every year. It's completely different than it was last year. I'm right in the middle of rewriting it. I'm two-thirds through, and I've learned none of it yet. But that's about where I am every year at this date. Uh, I always write new stuff completely. Uh, so it's, you know, it's an angry Christmas this year. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. Uh, and so it's got a lot of politics, a lot of... In everything, in sexual politics, regular politics, and I am just as hard on the Democrats. I, I you know, the whole thing is so, it's a civil war that I, you know, <laughs> we're not winning. So, uh, it's, yeah, but I think it's humorous. I still think that you can have humor with when it's in a terrible time. I think it's when you need it more than ever, actually. And with Christmas on top of the political stress, it's really going to be a nail-biter of a holiday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. It's a kind of kind of holiday that you don't want to see any of your any of your relatives. Well, it depends on how your relatives believe. You know, the thing is, I know Trump supporters. Tab Hunter voted for Trump. Um, I know people that I like that voted for Trump. Uh, it's but you don't talk about it with them a lot. It's it's, it's to the point they're not going to change their mind, and we're not going to change their mind. So my great fear is for Christmas, I'd like a new Democratic candidate. That maybe could tempt one Trump supporter away from voting for him, which I do not believe we have one now that can do that. Right, right. Hey, I wanted to ask you: Have you ever used uh, the song "Christmas in Jail" in any of your movies? Yes, I think it is in one of them, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it in Cry Baby? Maybe I, I forget. No, I think no. it's on my my Christmas album. Oh, okay, right, 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 right. Because I I've think been, it is on my radio. There's a couple of versions of it. There's a couple of versions of it. But I believe it is. I don't have my Christmas album in front of me, but I think it is on there. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, I've been on my, on my radio show. Um, I've been uh, I've been pulling out songs from particular movies of yours. I played the. Right. I'm playing Crybaby, the album uh, coming out on vinyl now. The soundtracks again. <laughs> nice, nice. Now I did Crybaby and I did Hairspray, of course. Um, yeah. And uh, and I love that Jive Bombers tune. That's not um, a bad boy. 
It's, yeah, they did the, uh, man, yeah. well, it's a bad boy, la, la, la. and then they did another one, so I'm trying to remember, I'm just not home, so I'm in front of me. But it's the same kind of thing where they repeat one word over and over, and it obnoxious way. I never yeah. understood how he did it. Cherry, cherry, yes, cherry, yes. Cherry, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. I, I never understood how he did that. <laughs> You must have practiced that when you were a kid. <laughs> that song, well, I love that song, but it, but all the songs that, that were in there. I mean, in my new book, I, have you read it yet? I have a whole chapter on my yeah. musical taste, and yeah, I go yeah. into deep, deep, deep history of what music and how I got to where I am today. But you're right, all those songs were in all my movies. There, did you know who just died? Larry Beneshevsky. Did you know him? No. He did all my music. He lived on Thirty Third Street, and he. Oh. I worked with him from the very beginning on it. From hairspray on, he had every single record. So I would say, give me ten songs about bears, and I put it with a gay bear scene. But he he had every novelty record, had everything. It was really so just look in the sun as a bitch. It was a couple days ago. Yeah. And then Tachis died too. Who? Nick Tachis. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I read all his books. I didn't know him, but he was a really good writer, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So is it just is it just you on stage? It always is just me. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got to ask. 70 minutes of written and memorized dialogue. Not <laughs> one note. I don't take a note out there. It's a high wire act. <laughs> Do you especially use the first night. Especially the first night. <laughs> Do you use any music in the show? Nope. Wow. I don't play music before I come on. Yeah. One year I had it when, as I walked on, I remixed the song Poop by Eminem as if the Chipmunks were singing it. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, so you're Mr. Know-It-All. Well, I'm Mr. Know-It-All about everything. I was about, I still don't know anything about science fiction, and I said I'm Mr. Know-It-All. I'm not about sports, but I don't know if you've seen I'm the Nike ad. Have you seen it? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> Is there anything more ludicrous? <laughs> well, you've always been Mr. Know-It-All. No, but it's a Nike ad for Nike. <laughs> You know, that's pretty, you know, even I am a little shocked that they called for that. But, um, <laughs> well, that's because sports, you know. But, uh, so, um, well, Mr. Know-It-All, yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking that I'm just trying to pass on what I've learned in 50 years of how to get through all these different worlds I'm in. So, I, I think it is a real health, health book. I mean, I'm trying to be funny in the book, but I don't think I'm telling you anything I don't really mean. Right. Well, you've that's, that's you. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's also how to get through stuff and how to negotiate. And, and I'm pretty yeah. honest, you know, a lot of the things I failed upwards. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I remember I had I was doing a sports show on a rock station in Baltimore, and I had you on because you hated sports. Well, I did that ad that said I hate sports. Yes. But I didn't say I hate sports fashion. <laughs> I said I hate sports. <laughs> And all the people that Nike has picked have been troublemakers in sports. And who else is with me in the ad campaign? It's me and uh, what's the woman uh, that won the Olympics this year? I believe she's gay. That wouldn't go. Said she wouldn't go to the White House. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, she's the other person in the ad. And you know they picked the guy that knelt. They picked, you know, they picked sports stars that cause trouble. So 
Um, I, I'm proud to be with troublesome sports stars. May I ask you one of the questions that's in your press release? Sure. <laughs> okay. Is Santa? I don't remember a, what they are, but yeah. Is Santa a gainer, an erotic bear, or a silver fox? I think he's all three. He could be all three for that for each one of those communities, definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely. And um, you know, and you see a bear week in Provincetown when I'm there. You know, some of them look like Santa Claus. And the silver gainer thing—that's uh, an S and M. That's real, you know. I, I, but, the, but the really, if he was a real gainer, which he would be, as Mrs. Claus, he wouldn't be able to go out for Christmas because real <laughs> feeders want it so they eventually cannot leave the bed and just get fucked. So if that was true, Santa couldn't deliver a present. Well, the most famous uh, Santa Claus ever in Baltimore was John Fonda, who was completely gay. Remember him? I thought he was Fat Daddy on Santa Claus. Uh, who are you talking about? <laughs> John Fonda. He was a big... I don't even know who that is. Oh, I do know who he yeah, is. Of course you I do. I do know who he was. Yes. Yeah, but I forgot him. I just, <laughs> he's not high in my consciousness. But vaguely, I remember him. But he yeah. looked like Santa all the time, right? All the time, yes. Yeah. Well, Jeff Himes plays him a lot, too, and he kind of looks like him all the time, too. <laughs> but that one I remember now. Yeah, but he became like... He was like a crazy... He was like Christmas evil. He became Santa Claus in real life. <laughs> Which is maybe psychologically alarming. It is. It is. Well, most of it uh, is, is alarming, don't you think? Well, it, it's these days, if you really think about Santa, it is all politically incorrect in a way, because well, how dare he judge children? He doesn't know and spy <laughs> on them and keep less. He's just, you know, looking in children's windows to see if they're good. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. It's just fucked up. It's. Uh, <laughs> But I like it still. I still like Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and I love still getting I'm, it. I'm part, that's what I am. I'm part-time Christmas help. You know, these days, I, one of the, yeah. the, the thing I look forward to at Christmas most is your Christmas card. Well, I'm signing them right now. They, I'm in the middle of signing them. They're done. I have to start doing that in July, usually, picking it up. And every year, it is a burden. I think, oh, God, what am I going to have this year? Uh, I think it's pretty good this year. I've, I've signed maybe 500 of the 2,000 that go around. So, uh, Mr. Know It All is 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 been out. Uh, a friend of mine was yep. stood in, a friend of mine stood in line to 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 uh, uh, bought one and talked to you about a place where we all used to live in a house in Baltimore. And uh, which house? Oh, you mean the, the Harry house? Oh, well, yeah. you haven't read the book. Well, then, have you gotten to the last chapter? No. Okay. Well, then I'm not going to tell you. It features really heavily. <laughs> Good. That house. Well, the weird and thing is, I'm gonna tell you. this guy is Art Levine, who's a great investigative reporter and's got the yeah. definitive. I went in it this year, the house. It's completely rehabbed. And when I went in, there were the stairs aren't even in the same place. There was only one <laughs> window I could recognize. It was really weird going in. But I don't want to spoil the whole end of the book, but you'll see it's heavily featured. We had a hippie chick who used to feed the rats in that house. Well, right before they rehabbed it, before my mother died, I drove, we just we would go on rides to alarming neighborhoods my mother had never seen, and she loved it. Right. But right. I knocked on the door, and this, finally some man looked at me and said, you don't 
it's now completely unrecognizable inside. <laughs> I mean, it's even, you know, when you went up the stairs and the front yeah, had been yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. The stairs aren't even there. But it was really weird to go back in there, especially when, and that led to the end of the book, you'll see. But yes, did you live there? I lived there. And Art Levine and P.J. O'Rourke but lived in that. When Harry, when you had the, you had the yeah. downstairs the office and upstairs you all lived. Yeah. P.J. O'Rourke lived. was above, yeah. John, P.J. O'Rourke lived in that house. Yeah. <laughs> well. And he used to pee in the sink all the time. That a lot of history in it. Yeah, he used, to, he used to pee in the sink all the time. I remember that sink. That's Dr. Coathanger's sink in Mondo Trasho. <laughs> Ah, uh, oh, geez. Well, we're really looking forward to having you in town again. It's always wonderful when we play here. The Aladdin's a great theater, and and uh, we just can't wait to see you again. Oh, I'm fine. I'm looking forward to it. And it's like, uh, here we go again. I just came back from Australia, four cities. I was in Mexico City. Next week, I'm going to Greece and London and Manchester, and then Christmas. Wow. And how, uh, you got you got the plans for another book? Oh, I'm writing it right now. I'm in the middle of it. It's a novel called Liarmouth about a woman that steals suitcases in airports. <laughs> so I'm on page 100 and some in the first draft. I've got a lot to go, but it's, it's yeah, I'm working on it. I've got to finish the Christmas show before I get back to that. <laughs> well, we'll stop things there because uh, we, John and I started talking about uh, one of my ex-wives and... Um, other people that we know, and you don't need to hear that, but you did need to hear this. So welcome back to Portland. Happy Merry Christmas, John. <laughs>